Potentially controversial, what's your least favorite classic board game? I feel like I recall a moment in my childhood when I realized how long Monopoly is. And I was like, wow, this sucks, huh? But I feel like there's an aura around that's like, oh, it's fun to play. And then when you play it, it's not it's not fun at all. It's miserable. Yeah. Uh, Joshua, do you have a, a least fave? So when I was growing up, my brother used to have these really complicated war games. Sure. And they came with a manual that was like about a centimeter thick, and you yeah. had to spend like you had to spend like four <laughs> days studying the manual before you could play the game. And the game itself lasted a good week, and it, <laughs> it was a, a more joyless and, and dispiriting affair. It'd be hard to imagine. Yeah, I, it sounds just like war. I think you were just yeah. yeah it, it, it felt that way. I felt that I was yeah. literally in Stalingrad. <laughs> Counting your casualties, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Just just waiting to die, really. <laughs> just waiting for it to be over. <laughs> it'll, it, it'll be over by Christmas, they said. It never was. Yeah, we'll see Blighty again. <laughs> never was. <laughs> Welcome to Butter No Parsnips. Every week on Butter No Parsnips, your hosts Kyle Imperator and Emily Moyers take you on an adventure through the weird, wacky, wonderful, and sometimes even wicked world of one wayside word. Strange characters, delightful bits, and general joyousness abound. Join them as they test each other's etymological expertise. Hey everybody, uh, welcome to Butter No Parsnips. I'm Kyle Imperator. And I'm Emily Moyers. Kyle, listen, no games today. All right. What's the word? Wow. Listen, I'm not I'm not for playing today. All right. I got things to do, places to be. What do you got? I, I mean, I just I, I I really wish you would have told me that beforehand, Emily, because like I already chose my word for today. What could that possibly have to do with what I just said? <laughs> well, Emily, your word today is, uh, well, it's League of the Lexicon. Kyle. Emily. League of the Lexicon, as in the word quiz game yes which was the most funded word game on kickstarter ever yes which has questions and content contributed by <laughs> but not limited to our very own popular etymologist jess safaris and the foremost slang lexicographer jonathan green yes which was created by joshua blackburn whom we have with us here today because you can't seem to resist smuggling people into the studio i.e your bedroom you're four for four today, Emily. You got it. Everybody, please give a warm welcome to Joshua Blackburn. Warm welcome. No, oh, thank you. I, I can feel it from here. Good. It's, it is, it is embracing heat. me as we speak. Beautiful. Joshua, we are so happy to have you here with us today. Why don't you give the audience a better description of yourself than we just did? So I am the founder of Two Brothers Games, and we are the creators and publishers of League of the Lexicon, which, as you say, was the, the most funded word game in the history of Kickstarter and has, has basically been kind of kicking ass since it was launched last year. <laughs> but it's, it's been yeah. a weird one because this is the first board game that I've made. My background was in graphic design and communications. I, I ran a, a design agency for 14 years then I set up an art gallery with my wife and it's a, an art gallery and studio. And then most recently, I've been photographing laundrettes. <gasps> I went around London, photographed every laundress in London and had them all published in a photo book called Launderama. Fantastic. And, and now, I'm making, yeah. now I'm making board games. So go figure. Yeah. Wow. I mean, what a varied career you've had so far. Yeah, it's, it doesn't fit into a neat box. It's not like, well, you started doing this, so you just become better at this and do more of this. And then, frankly, that's what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. <laughs> it's been a weird one. But I, I, I think when I try and work out what threads all of these things together, and it's, it's also the thread that runs through the game, it's, it's really just a career that's driven by a sense of curiosity about the world and about what's around me. Yeah, I, I mean, curiosity is just the noblest pursuit. 
Speaking of the game, which does fit in a neat box, League of the Lexicon is the quiz game with thousands of questions about words and language, which you can find at Barnes & Noble and Amazon. And according to what I've been told, it uh, started as a pandemic project. Is that true? Yeah, that that is true. And, and it, it kind of goes back to this curiosity thing as well. We were stuck at home like most of the rest of the world, and we were homeschooling our our two boys who must have been like seven and nine at the time and they were getting their homework from school they were getting their english work and it was just so depressing Mm. it was just what they call in the uk spag uh spelling punctuation and grammar and it was all just so joyless and i really wanted to get them excited about words and language And I discovered that I was rubbish at doing homework with them. (laughs) But I was quite good at coming up with games for them, things that would get them thinking about language differently, things that turned a study of language, study of words, into a game. And they engage much more with that. And so I just kind of kept on making up games for them. And lockdown came to an end. But I kind of carried on working on this game because I thought, huh, I think there's something in here and i just became a bit obsessed with with making this game that i could not see in the games market about language there's great games like scrabble or bananagrams but they're about making words and that was really what drove me after lockdown came to an end and i was just like okay that there is a there's something here and people love language People are obsessed with it. Podcasts like this are are evidence of the appetite that people have for it. But there was nothing that was kind of feeding it in this game space. And that's what I was trying to do with League of Lexicon. Yeah, I think it definitely does. Like I am a longtime lover of language and, and words and showing off what I know. And this game is like a beautiful opportunity to do that. Well, I'm pleased to hear it. I mean, it's so it's a quiz game about words and language. But it's not easy. It's not. And our <laughs> feeling when, I, when we were working on it was actually people would much prefer to be challenged and kind of find out what they don't know yeah. than to find it just like a walk in the park and just like endlessly showing off what they do know. So it, it is deliberately quite a challenging game. But our, our thinking is that you will end a game knowing more at the end than you did at the beginning. And that for us is quite a cool thing. It's a super cool thing. Yeah, there's something to it where, you know, we played and, you know, we played with some of the easier cards and we're like, okay, it was, you know, there was some that we knew, some that we didn't. And then when we played with the harder ones, uh, there was this kind of feeling of wanting to keep going back into the deck Hmm. to read more cards because you just kept learning something new every time. That is really the spirit that drives it. And I think our guiding principle was it's okay for a question to be hard so long as it's interesting. If you want to know the answer, that's a good question. If it's just a difficult question and you're just like, yeah, I don't really care, then <laughs> that's not a good question. Uh, yeah, I, it's like school sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, it, it needed to be interesting. And you need yeah. to be kind of like, oh, I, I, I actually want to know the answer to that, please. Well, it, I think you are right that this is like a principle and a game that has resonated with a lot of people because, as we mentioned, you have the most funded word game on Kickstarter ever. And that must have been crazy when your pandemic project became this, you know, funded beyond anything you expected. So can you tell us more about like hitting that point like did you have a working prototype at that point did other things come along because of that yeah that was crazy if anybody's ever had any experience of kickstarter it is so unpredictable um and when we launched the game honestly i was just like i hope we don't embarrass ourselves (laughs) i hope that we we raise like 15 and and it's not a complete washout What was in our favor at that point was that Stephen Fry and Susie Dent and David Crystal and a legion of other linguists and lexicographers were all behind the game. That gave it a real momentum that was quite exciting for somebody that had just started this as a lockdown project with his kids. 
which again for a for somebody publishing a game for the first time that's not what happens that, right. that's not the way that's not the way it normally goes yeah i mean do you do you know how stephen fry and susie dent and those kinds of people came across it that's crazy <laughs> i know how susie dent came across it and david crystal so i decided early on because making a board game is a crazy risky thing to do the road of the board game maker is littered with the corpses of, of board games that, that never made it. It's, oh it's, a, it's a, I know it, that sounds brutal, but it is a super hard path. <laughs> the odds are frankly against you doing it. It's just like, I, I would not recommend it. It's just like, it's a, it's a very unpredictable thing to do. And I decided earlier on that given those odds, the only way to approach this was to make this absolutely the best possible thing on every level. So to go bananas with the design, make the design like as shit hot as I could, to get in the best illustrators, to invest a huge amount of time in the question writing. And then we started approaching linguists and lexicographers around the world, asking them to contribute a question to the game. Because what would make a game about words cooler than having the questions about words contributed by the experts in the field. So yeah. I reached out to uh, like a, a who's who of, of wordsmiths and word lovers around the world. And Susie Dent and David Crystal were among the people that I contacted, as, as indeed was Jess Safaris and Jonathan Green and Gaston Doran and the people that have supported the game on an ongoing basis. I mean, that's incredible. That's awesome that you could get that many people. And it shows it's like a really rich feeling game because it had that many voices going into it. Yeah. And it, well, I think that one of the things that was exciting was I, I would reach out to people and I would say, look, we're trying to make a game about words and language and we want to make it like the ultimate game about words and language. And people got really excited about that. So you brought in all these uh, who's who's of the word world, but do you yourself have a background in linguistics or are you like us, just lowly commoners? <laughs> I, I am very much of the lowly commoner ilk. <laughs> I, I used to say when I was working at my design agency that the one great thing I could bring to my clients was my own ignorance. And, and I kind <laughs> I kind of feel that as felt that as well with League of the Lexicon that I think that if it had been an academic or a lexicographer writing this game, it would have ended up in a very different place. Whereas I came at it from the point of view of my curiosity, my passion for exploring this field, but also a sense of I don't know as much as these people and I'm loving finding stuff out. So I was always kind of, is this interesting? Does this make me more curious? And so the fact that I was not a linguist put me in a better position to make a game about language. Yeah, I have long been a proponent of the idea that like, if you're doing anything that's kind of educational, but aimed at a mass audience, it is so worth it to have someone in the room that doesn't know anything about it and can gauge like what's easy, what's difficult, what's interesting, what's boring. So I think I'm, I'm with you 100%. You know, it's almost like a, a, a larger concept in of itself. Like, you know, the game focuses in on language and etymology and lexicography, but you're really gamifying curiosity is what you're doing is you're taking like the question answer of where does this come from? Oh, this is the answer. You know, that game, that kind of mini game that you play with yourself when you're researching things and making it into something that people can just, you know, play themselves with their friends. It has been just an insane quantity of work. It's, I mean, it's it's great that the game is selling, but what makes it really worthwhile is when you hear from people who are just like, I love playing this game. It's it's such fun. <laughs> and just kind of like just playing it with friends or family, and it's a blast. Can't wait for the special editions to come out. It's just it's it's the response that we that the game gets 
that is the thing that absolutely makes it worthwhile for me. And you get that wholeheartedly from us. We've played League of the Lexicon. We love it. But we do hear that you yourself are not necessarily the biggest board game fan. Is that true? Yeah. So I think that I was rather traumatized by the board game experiences I had with my brother when we were growing up because he used to have these horrible World War II RPG games that used to take Days to play, days Grognard to learn games. how to uh, yeah. uh, just uh, just like really really hardcore games. Yeah, and I, as, as a parent, whenever my kids would reach for Monopoly, a little bit of me would die because it would just it, <laughs> it's such it's such a gruesome game. It is. It's, yeah. a, it's such a, it really brings out the worst in people. And I also every time they brought it out, I knew well that's the rest of my weekend gone. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that what it comes down to is that. I I I love board games that are like really simple. And so that's why the the rules of League of the Lexicon, I mean honestly you could write them on the back of a postcard. Yeah. And and I I've actually had kind of like hardcore gamers kind of the criticizing the game saying, "Yes, yeah, there's nothing here. It's just a quiz game about words and language." And I'm just like, <laughs> you got yeah, it. It's, you got it in one. It's a quiz game about words and language. It's not a complicated game. Uh, yeah, I, I, we understand that the simplicity is, is pretty intentional there. For the listeners at home, the game is two decks of question cards. One is harder than the other. And then there's a deck of what are called artifact cards and a deck of character cards and, and a die. So it's, it's just a, a neatly packed box with these items. I, I'm going to... I, I'm going to push back on neatly packed. It's beautifully it's packed. It is it beautifully is. packed. It is. Yes. It is. Uh, we 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 cut no corners though. We we wanted to make the game like really lovely. So the idea was that I wanted the story to have a narrative, and so we conjured this idea of the League of the Lexicon. And the notion was that the League of the Lexicon were like the Indiana Jones of the <laughs> archivist world. And it, I imagined this band of kind of like wayward lexicographers who were on a mission to collect these artifacts that were associated with legends of literature and language throughout history. And it was it was just a, a cute device to enable people to kind of like score and play the game it's it's just a device and, and we wanted to make them look beautiful so the the character cards were really beautifully illustrated by an illustrator called Stavros Damos and, and god we were I mean he, he had the patience of a saint as we went <laughs> through round after round of, of of kind of trying to imagine what these characters might look like and then the artifacts themselves were illustrated by another outstanding illustrator called Stephen Noble, who does etching and scraper board and lino cut style illustrations. And he illustrated the objects that the League characters were collecting. I mean, truly, that was like the most striking part of the game to me was those artifact cards. They're really so beautiful and so varied and feel like they have such history and majesty to them, whether they're real or not. Yeah, it's, it, it, was a, it was a lot of fun coming up with them. I mean, I've, I've had people ask me, huh, d- does that exist? And I'm just like, yeah, that's, that's Baudrillard's bedpan. That, that's not a thing. <laughs> that's, a, that, that, that's somebody's eyeball on a stick. That's that's not a thing. <laughs> yeah, but you can you can use those question cards and those artifact cards in different ways in the game. Like there's sort of different ways to modify the quiz. There are the official rules how to play the game, but we also have six different rule variations so that you can play on your own, or so that you could play with a large group of people, or so that you could play a shorter game or a longer game or a more challenging game. But we had somebody review the game who very smartly understood that actually you didn't have to play the rules at all. You could ditch the rule book if you wanted and yeah. just pull pull question cards out and just ask each other questions. And that is absolutely fine as well. 
if if that's what you want to do, it's kind of that's that's kind of the nature of the the game that actually it's it's all about the questions and how interesting they are and how challenging they are and how fun they are. But if you're just sitting around with a group of friends getting through some wine, then <laughs> you could have a, a box of the question cards and just be pulling them out and just having fun with them like that. And that is absolutely fine for us. Uh, and you're expanding on that. There are now expansions for the game. There's the Global Slang and Junior expansions. And at least for the Global and Slang ones, they were written by the polyglot author Gaston Doran and someone that we've actually cited here on the podcast a few times, the slang lexicographer Jonathan Green. Can you talk to us more about that experience of expanding it? I think that the, the issue with quiz games is that after you've played them a number of times, you become familiar with the questions, and then you're just like, yeah, okay, we, we've done that. We kind of like, <laughs> I, I keep on seeing the same questions. So a good quiz game needs to keep going. And the good thing about having a quiz game about words and language is the universe of knowledge is endlessly expanding. And we had actually contacted both Gaston and Jonathan to contribute questions to the main game. And whereas most people contributed like one question, Gaston contributed 20 and he just kept going. (laughs) And I think that, I think that it was him that was suggesting, you know, it would be great to, to do something about foreign languages and more fool him. I was just like, yeah, you know what? I think that would be quite good. Um, And so, so we started talking about it. And uh, similarly, Jonathan was kind of playing around with the idea. And he very, actually, I remember what he said. He very foolishly said, well, if you think it'd be nice to work together in the future, do let me know. And I just like, well, interesting you should say that. But I've been having this idea. But but they stuck with it. And honestly, I, I couldn't be more proud of, the, of these special editions because they, they look great. The junior edition was actually done by myself. And that, oh. that was actually quite an, an important thing because that kind of returned to the origin Absolutely. of League of the Lexicon, which was a game for kids to play to get them interested and excited about words and language. Do you, have you played the game with your boys? Or do, do they enjoy it? Yeah, so yes, they do. I, mm. I'll, I'll be honest, and th- this is something I'm slightly embarrassed about. I, d- I don't know whether you guys cook much. If you cook, if you've made a really big meal for people, if you've been slaving away in the kitchen for like a day trying to get it all together, and then everybody arrives and you put it down on the table, you have no appetite. <laughs> you, you 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 do not want to eat a thing you're just like yeah. oh, look enjoy it i i'll just i'll have pleasure watching you eat i i can't i can't eat this and and it does sometimes feel like that with this game that because it consumes my working life my two brilliant boys when they're just like oh can we play Sometimes I'm like, oh, God, really? (laughs) Give me a break from it. I'm I'm trying to have some time off. (laughs) Uh, Well, unfortunately, you might not get that off time right now, because the thing is, we typically end every episode of our podcast with a game. And considering the fact that this episode is all about a game, we thought maybe we could give the audience a little more game this week and a big taste of what the League of the Lexicon is all about. So how do you feel about that? Well, I, I feel pretty good about that. I, I, I think that I can give you a good run for your money. <laughs> oh. And that's where I come in. Oh, oh. my gosh. Oh. He's here. So, you know, as we've done in the past, our guests have come on and they've given us a little taste of what they do and what they specialize in. And so this week we're going to give Joshua the reins up until the very end of the episode. So, Joshua, you've got a game for us. You've got League of the Lexicon. I got a game. I think uh, I'm going to pass it off to you and uh, and I'm here now. So uh, (laughs) so (laughs) take it away. Okay. so so when. I was talking to Seth about this. He would just be like, he was like, it would be lovely if the three of us could work together collaboratively answering <laughs> questions from the game. And I was just like, no. 
I don't, I don't want any of that. I want you at, at each other's throats. I want your, I want your, I want your dignity. No, no, not your dignity. I don't want your dignity. You can have it. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't want it. I don't want it. So, so this, this is competitive, bare knuckle league of the lexicon. Okay, but just, just to sweeten the deal. There is a prize at the end. Oh, it is a oh. mystery prize. <laughs> it will be a package that is sent by myself what? that will contain an assortment of goodies, which, whilst <gasps> unnamed at the moment, I guarantee you are worth the having. This is crazy. <laughs> this is I don't crazy. even care what it is. As soon as he said the word prize, I was like, I need yeah, yeah. to win. I will destroy <laughs> them. <laughs> Absolutely. You you need to win. Okay, so so what we're gonna do, I've got fifteen questions, five for each of you. Okay? Oh, and it's gonna be whoever has the highest score with their five questions. Oh, However, I'm, I'm gonna chuck it I'm gonna chuck in a little wrinkle here. Oh, man. If you do not get your question right, then oh, that question steal. is thrown open to the other two. They can guess. answer your question. However, however, if they get that thrown open question wrong, they lose a point. Oh. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, you're getting this. You're getting this. So you've got to be sure that if you if you're gonna go for the if you're gonna go for the bonus question, you better be sure you know the answer. Yeah, otherwise this it's is, gonna this cost is the you. gauntlet of the lexicon. <laughs> I'm yeah, yeah. yeah, you're liking this, okay? So look, I, I'm, I'm because I'm predictable and I, I don't know your respective ages. I'm therefore going to go by alphabetical order, and the first question is for Emily. Love it. <laughs> we'll ease you into it. Okay. What does the scent petrichor? best describe is it freshly baked bread freshly mown grass rainfall on dry ground or fear or anxiety i know this because of a doctor who episode and the answer is C. <laughs> the answer is C. rainfall on a dry ground you've got it I'm going to read you the answer because the answers are actually kind of as important as the questions in this game. Yes, please. The answers are always fun. So the answer here is petrichor is the sweet earthly scent accompanying a rain shower on warm, dry ground. It was first documented by two Australian research scientists in 1964 from Greek petra, rock, and ichor, the ethereal fluid supposed to flow like blood in the veins of the gods. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there we go. Oh, that's the second half that's of that. That's so fun. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I always oh, wow. try and get people to read the answers because we put a lot of effort into the answers. Okay. So, Kyle. Oh, You yes. are next up. And, and this is, again, just easing you in. Spell fettuccine. <gasps> oh, Kyle, no. it's your Italian moment. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You got this? Fettuccine, as in Fettuccine Alfredo. Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, gosh. Is this going to be embarrassing if you get it wrong? <laughs> if anything, we'll ensure that it's embarrassing for him. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Okay. So I know that there's some double consonants in here, and I just have to remember which ones are double. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to go. It's definitely... F E T T U C C I N E. That's my guess. Oh, thank God for that. I, I, was, I, was, I was really rooting for you there. I, I felt like there was a lot more than a dumb answer riding on that question. Yeah. It is just not great that they've both gotten theirs right. Yeah. <laughs> the pressure's mounting for Seth. Yeah. No pressure. Okay. Um, Seth, this one's an easy one. I hope so. <laughs> Which is an incorrect plural. Squid, plural of squid. Moose, plural of moose. Mongoose, plural of mongoose. Or sheep, plural of sheep. Which is an incorrect plural. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. I have two answers in my head. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, an incorrect plural. I'm going to say 
I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Oh man, I'm gonna. Mm, <laughs> oh. Squid, moose, uh, mongoose, or sheep. You know, I'm just gonna do the answer that I think, and I'm gonna say that the incorrect plural is squid. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> The silence is deafening. I'm just wondering whether Kyle or Emily want to come in here. I will put my point on the line. I think that mongoose should be mongoose. Oh, okay. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna give you that. Oh, was I wrong about what it should be? You're incorrect about what it should be. The plural of mongoose is mongooses. Okay, I yeah. should have quit while I was ahead. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, you, you know what? You, you get you get this because the question was which was an incorrect plural. Yeah. Okay. So you, cool. you 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 get that. Okay. Well, that that was a good round for you, Emily. Okay. Let Let's mix things up. Um, Kyle, which yeah. hat is not named after a person? Which oh, hat is okay. not named after a person? Eponyms. All right. Homburg, Bola. Trilby or Stetson? Oh, I'm going to go with Bowler. Ah. Well, no. Oh. <laughs> I'm therefore going to throw I, I'm, not, I'm therefore going to throw it open to the others. So do I have anything to lose? <laughs> yeah, you, 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 lose, you lose a point if you get it wrong. So you're going to negative. Oh. Yeah. You know what? I like taking a risk, so I am going to touch it. I'm going to say I'm going to say uh, it was Stetson. Oh. Oh, oh man! man. We're, we're, oh, we're man. In the zone. You're in the negative zone. No, no, it's a Homburg. Hom- it's not named oh, after I a person. The one that's a German city. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Homburg, named after the town Bad Homburg in Hesse, Germany. Um, the wow. bowler hat was made by London hat makers Thomas and William Bowler. Trilby mm. is named after Trilby O'Farrell, the heroine of George de Maurier's play Trilby. And the Stetson mm. is named after John B. Stetson. I- I'm just setting up my underdog <laughs> arc. Yeah, yeah, that's... <laughs> okay. Um, Did I get skipped? No, no, I- I'm mixing up the order, but I'm totally uh-huh. going to confuse myself. Um, but this, one, this, one, this one's for you, and I'm going to lower okay. the tone here. Which right. sexual proclivity is not named <gasps> oh. after a person? <gasps> Which, which oh, sexual wow. proclivity is not named hey. after a person? I feel primed. Masochism, yeah. onanism, troilism, or sadism? Which is not named after a person? Wow. Well, I know it is not masochism or sadism because we talked about them. Not in this episode. No, in a, <laughs> in a, in a Patreon in a, episode. No, we just talk about <laughs> these things in our personal lives yeah, every day. <laughs> The the only I'm gonna I'm I'm guessing but it's an educated guess because uh, Troilism I know that this like what is it Troiler and Cressida that's a name so I'm gonna say (laughs) (laughs) this is completely this is completely I'm just going out on such a limb so I'm gonna say it's Onanism is not an an eponym I'm gonna throw that open to Seth and Kyle I'm afraid I'm I'm sorry sorry. (laughs) I'm gonna take it I'm gonna take it I'm gonna take it I feel like we gotta let Seth get this fine Uh, is it Troilism it it is Troilism yeah so so Troilism is sex involving three people Um, probably from the ah, of course it is (laughs) Um, probably from the French Trois Masochism, as you yeah. say, yeah, named sense. after German novelist Leopold von Sacher Masoch. I was actually, I remember reading about this. Masochism was named after him in his lifetime. And yes. he, was yes. appara- yeah. he was apparently absolutely furious about it. Not pleased. Onanism, masturbation, is named after Onan oh. from the book of Genesis, who spilt his seed. And sadism oh. is after the Marquis de Sade, obviously. <laughs> not not the legacy you want, you know? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> right. So, okay, Seth, you're, you're at zero. Yeah. yeah. That, that's, a, that's a win. <laughs> that's a win. <laughs> sure um, is. <laughs> and actually, this last question is for you. Where would droogs eat eggy wags? Where would droogs <gasps> eat oh, eggy wow. wags? Is it wow. is it in the drowned world by J.G. Ballard? In a Clockwork Orange okay. by Anthony Burgess? 
in the home it's game. It's, Let yeah, him read I'm, the I'm, answers. I'm, I'm, I'm hedging my bets. <laughs> are you, are you, uh, clock, in the Hunger Games or in the Battle Royale? It is absolutely Clockwork Orange. It is absolutely Clockwork Orange. Yeah, you're, you're back in contention. Back in contention. I've got to be honest, that there will be people listening to this who who dismissed you. <laughs> you thought you, you thought you were finished. Thought you were over. I, I can feel it. I can feel. Honestly, I'm one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a lot of people. No, I'm not saying there are a lot of people, but throngs okay. and throngs of people. In fact, so, some yeah. people dismissed you a couple years ago. So. <laughs> I, I can't get involved with that. Right? Okay. No. Uh, Emily, this one's for you. Yeah. After the after the Netherlands, Austria, and Denmark. Whose non-native English is best? Is it Singapore, Belgium, South Africa, or Switzerland? Like which of these people speaks English not natively, but well? Best. Yes. Yeah. And this is according to the EF English Proficiency Index. Not not something that I just pulled out of my butt. (laughs) <laughs> wow. feelings based yeah, yeah. There, is- there, there, there is actually a rank yeah. you visited and felt like they just did a really good job with it yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I like i like how you're doing your english i, I score you high yeah. so singapore belgium or south africa or switzerland i mean oh. it's tempting to say another nordic country because i know they do speak english very well over there I'll I'll be I'll be historical about it. I'll say because of their, well, I, there's a couple answers I could say to that. I'll say because of uh, England's substantial presence in other places. <laughs> uh, that doesn't narrow it down. No, it does not. <laughs> yeah, that sort of that opens it up to a lot of countries, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I will say Singapore. And you'd say that correctly. Oh. Hey. They are fourth in proficiency among non-native English speakers on the English proficiency index. So that's a big fat wow. tick going in there. Wow. <laughs> nice. Kyle. Yes. Which dish is made oh. from the animal it claims to be? Oh. Scotch woodcock, Rocky Mountain oysters, <laughs> Cape oh, Cod no. turkey, or beef Manhattan? Wow. Beef. <laughs> I'm going to guess Cape Cod turkey is probably like just lobster masquerading as a turkey. Yeah, gotta be. Right? <sighs> Cape Cod turkey was my nickname in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Cape Cod turkey. <laughs> um, uh, oh, I'm, I'm going to go for Scotch Woodcock. That sounds uh, like just an animal name, and I got it wrong. <laughs> oh, I, lo- I love the small wound Joshua oh, gets I every know, time. I know, I know. It's, be- it's because I'm secretly rooting for all of you. I want you all to be winners, and yet there can only be one. <laughs> um, so, Seth and Emily, do you want to duke it out over this, given that oh, Scotch man. Woodcock is off the table, so to speak? How are you feeling? I, you know, I want to play dangerously all the time, so it's like it's like it's, you really want to. But also, I have one That's point. Fair. You know, That's you, fair. should I do it? I have less to lose, but you have more to gain. <laughs> Seth, I, I'm, I'm not trying to kind of like cause trouble here, but yeah. you are technically the underdog. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if this was a major motion picture. You have to do it. This is when the soundtrack would start to build up in the background. The bead of sweat running down your brow. And this is the moment. This is the moment. I hear chariots of fire. So. Yeah, I, I hear all of that. Yeah, yeah. But no pressure. Um, or, 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 Seth, you can absolutely wuss out. Wow. I'm taking it. Let's do wow. it. All right. I'm going to say it's, uh, what was it? Beef Manhattan? <laughs> oh, he gets it. He gets it. Oh, and, and, wow. and this is, can you hear it? Can you hear it? You can hear it. Of course you I can. hear it. I, Ivan Drago just went down. <laughs> <laughs> right. That, okay. You're, you're back in contention. You are back in contention. Okay. 
And I think I've got one final question for you of this round before we move on to the special edition. Oh, for me. Oh, this. Oh. Oh. <gasps> Spanish disease, English disease, and French disease refer to what? Meanness, lateness, laziness, or syphilis? This could be your syphilitic comeback. <laughs> this is this. So this is um. This is my guess is going to be offensive no matter what. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, okay, okay. I'm gonna say meanness, and I'm gonna throw this open to Kyle and Emily. <gasps> ah! I've got to guess. I've got to guess. I've got to guess. You go for it, Kyle. <laughs> I think it's syphilis. You'd be right with syphilis. Yes. You, you wow. have, yes, you yes, have yes, absolutely yes. scored with syphilis. What can I say? <laughs> Go to your doctor. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. Okay. So th- those were all questions from the main game, and then for the final two questions each, we're going for the slang edition and the global edition. Okay. Amazing. Love okay. It. So Emily, what is the great Australian adjective? Bloody, oh. fucking, pissing, or sodding? Wow. <laughs> the great Australian adjective is in, in inverted commas. It is it has been referred to since the 19th century as the great Australian adjective. Wow. <laughs> um Emily, why don't you try it out in the accent, you no, know? No, that's okay. <laughs> I should mention as well wow. that the the slang edition is marked on the pack as adults only. I think I, I should probably make it clear. The, the, the slang edition is definitely saucier than the others. Wow. All right. I'm just going to guess. I think it's fucking. No, it's bloody. Oh. You, you, you obviously hung, hung around with, oh, God, I just gave the answer away. You did. You did. Yes, you did. You did. <laughs> I She's just taken this away. away from my, my I arc. know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, but... Um, I feel bad. I, I screwed that up. No, so bloody is it's synonymous with Australian language. Described by W.T. Googe as the title for one of his poems in Hit Skits and Jingles, 1899. <laughs> um, and it's, there's been much that has been written about the use of bloody in Australian language. Wow, that's fun. Right, Kyle, your friend has been doxxed. D-O-X-E-D, doxxed. What's happened to them? They've lost their job. Their private information has been posted online. They've been humiliated among their friends or they've been busted for cheating in an online game. So Um, this is a slang question, American slang, although it's online slang. Yeah, I, I, I think I know what this means. Although for some reason, I always associate it with like having the FBI called on people. But I want to guess that it's uh, having your public information posted online. Yeah, that is correct. Being doxxed involves having one's personal information, address, phone numbers, etc., being shared without consent. It is malicious behavior often used as a means of exacting revenge. Yeah. According to to Merriam-Webster, doxing derives from dropping documents or... Dock yeah. dropping. Oh, oh, I've never gotten where that came from. The X's yeah. just make you totally out of it. Yeah. How often do you see that? It makes it seem more insidious, though, with yeah. the X's, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's an evil wizard. <laughs> yeah. And final question for Seth in this round. Who told the hippie generation to turn on, tune in, <gasps> drop out? Was it know, musician know, Jerry Garcia, activist Abby Hoffman, author Ken Kesey, or psychologist Timothy Leary? That's that's Timothy Leary. That's Timothy Leary. Absolutely. Oh, um, man. Uh, popu- <laughs> popularized by psychologist and LSD enthusiast Timothy Leary, first delivered the line in 1967 at the Human Being in San Francisco's Golden Gate Park. Oh, terrific. <laughs> Wow. This is the last question for each of you. (gasps) Wow. I'm so scared. This is from the Global Edition. Emily. Yeah. How often has writing been invented from scratch? Only once? At least three times? At least six times? Or dozens of times? (laughs) How many times has writing been invented from scratch? What? 
I mean, it feels like it has to be. Oh, wow. Yeah, it feels like it has to be dozens of times. So I'll say that. I wonder oh, what yeah. Seth and Kyle might say. Oh, oh damn. my god! Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, I man. need that prize. <laughs> I'm terrified. <laughs> right. So look, here's how it sits at the moment. Seth, you've got three. Kyle, you've got one, two, three. Oh no! Oh, no. Yeah. Emily's got one, two, three. Oh, that's my what God. I thought. Yeah, yeah. So this is kind of wow. I mean, whoever wow. whoever successfully lands this could pull this in. Oh, oh. But like, oh. no pressure. <laughs> I mean, Seth, I think you want to take a guess on this, right? Um. Yeah, I think you want to lose a point. How, how often has writing been invented from scratch? Only once, at least three times, at least six times, or dozens of times. You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm just going to say at least six times. Okay, so I'd, that's wrong. <laughs> oh, my God. So I, that, that's wrong, but I, 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 I don't think I'm going to pass it to Kyle. I think that it's just, otherwise it's unfair. No, it's, it's been at least three times. Writing wow. was invented independently by the Chinese the Mayans and the Sumerians of today's Iraq, the Egyptian hieroglyphs may have been another independent invention. All other scripts can be traced back to one of these. Wow. Wow, wow is indeed. right. God, oh, man, there goes my redemption. <laughs> <laughs> you fell you still, you've still got a chance. Kyle, what is the most commonly spoken language in the Southern Hemisphere? Indonesian, Spanish, Portuguese, or English? The most this commonly really, spoken language in the Southern Hemisphere. This really plays on my uh, knowledge of geography because I'm pretty sure the Southern it's Hemisphere... The, it's the bottom bit. It's the bottom bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So I, I'm going to go out on a limb, and this seems like a crazy guess, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say Portuguese. He shoots, he scores. Oh, wow. Well, say he's got it. He's got it. Okay, <sighs> so, Seth, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't mean to be negative about this, but yeah, you're basically no, finished. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> you're, you're done. We're, we're, we're literally, I'm, I'm asking you this question just to complete the format, not because you stand a chance. I really appreciate how gentle you're being about this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, right. What does the Chinese system of feng shui literally mean? Oh. Doors and sunlight, domestic fortune, 16, or wind and water? Oh, no. The Chinese system of feng shui. Okay. Okay, so this is what you need to do. You need to throw yourself on your sword Get this question yeah. deliberately wrong. And Let then, Emily take you it. You gotta do it. Yeah. You gotta seppuku yourself for me. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. big thing is like my redemption wasn't actually the game. It was it was my character arc. That's, that's right. Yeah, that's right. yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I was despicable at the beginning of this game. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. Can you go down those answers one more time? Yeah. D doors and sunlight. Domestic fortune, 16, or wind and water, feng shui? I'm going to say uh, wind and water. Oh, Emily, he's totally not looking out for you. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, so right. did, you know what? what? What he did was he selfishly got it right. And, and in, in so doing, absolutely stitched you up. Um, yeah, so remember when I said I wanted redemption? I, yeah, yeah. I actually, yeah. I'm now convinced I'd just like to blow the whole thing up. <laughs> so look, it's, it's, it's pretty clear. Kyle has taken this. He is I, the king of the League of the Lexicon. He I is, mean, maybe yeah. that's a little much. <laughs> Dare I say, he is, he is the best of you. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. And, 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 and just from an objective point of view, I'm just looking at the numbers here. I've never met you. I'm just, but I'm, I'm just saying that objectively, the numbers do seem to indicate that Kyle is the best of you. 
Wow. Well, I, I would like to well, be the assassin of the League of the Lexicon. <laughs> <laughs> and, and look, Carl, you, you have a, a prize box that will be assembled with such delights as will marvel and surprise you. <laughs> you, you, will, I, you will literally be left speechless with wonder and appreciation. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I'm burning I, up. Yeah. I cannot yeah. wait to, to show this off to Seth and Emily when I get it. Yeah, we should do a box opening. <laughs> yeah, we should do it. We'll, we'll do an wow, unboxing video. Yeah. Hey, yeah. everybody. Uh, Check out our Patreon. Our Patreon. <laughs> yeah. um, thank you. Thank you so much, Joshua, for the prize and for uh, playing this game with us and for creating League of the Lexicon and for joining us today. There is just so much to learn from this game, and there's so many bragging rights to be gained. Clearly, <laughs> I'm delighted. You know, it's been a, it's been a lot of fun, and and I do love playing this game. And it's it is it is such a hoot playing it with people who are into words and language. And honestly, I mean, yeah, the questions are hard, but it's really fun just kind of arguing about it and going with your gut instinct and being surprised by the answers. That's that's where the joy of the game comes from. And that, that's why 100%. people enjoy it. Can you just let the folks at home know where they might be able to find Joshua Blackburn if you'd like to be found? I don't want to dox you. Uh, no, thank and, you. Uh, and, and perhaps where they can find and follow League of the Lexicon. Well, you, you'll find League of the Lexicon at leagueofthelexicon.com. You'll also find it on amazon.com or Barnes & Noble, and if you're in the UK, you will find it at Waterstones. You'll also find us on the, the usual social channels. We're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and we post a lot of stuff about words and language. In fact, we're posting really pretty much stuff. every day. Yeah. And, the, yeah. and we just want to – it's all about sharing a love of words, and so that's what we post on social It's just interesting stuff about words. Amazing. Joshua, thank you so much again. And uh, as for us, remember, you can find Butter No Parsnips on social media as well on Facebook and on Instagram at Butter No Parsnips Podcast and on TikTok at Butter No Parsnips. And if you like today's episode, consider giving us a five-star rating or review wherever you heard us. And if you really like today's episode, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash butternoparsnips. Donating $5 or more earns you a shout out either on social media or here on the podcast. Thanks so much to all of you. You help us make what we make. And with that, I've been Kyle Imperator. I've been Seth Glicksman. And I've been Emily Moyers. And you've been... Joshua Blackburn. And thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Joshua. This has been Butterno Parsnips. We'll see you all soon.